Hi, everybody. This is Kevin O'Donohue, licensed mental health counselor. And this is Nasima Diane Deemer, licensed massage therapist and trauma specialist. And this is The Positive Mind. Where we bring you some ideas, concepts, and guests to help you lead a more positively-minded life. And boy, are we going to be positive today. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about love today. Wow. Can we do it for an hour? Can you talk about love for an hour? I think we can. We're going to do some shows on love because we did this show, we did a series of shows on loneliness. And, you know, we thought, well, what's the antidote to loneliness? Right? I mean, if you look at the loneliness scale that we posted on our website, and this is from the book by John Cacioppo, uh, Loneliness, the book is called. And we did four shows on loneliness. And we thought, well, what, what's an antidote to this? So if you look at the scale, there's 20 questions on that form about how lonely you might feel. And we talked about this epidemic of loneliness going on in the country, partially because of COVID. But even pre-COVID, you know, 40% of Americans claim to have felt lonely within the last six months. That's back in 2009. And now we can imagine during this pandemic how lonely people have felt it's got to be more than 40 percent so so we thought well what what's what's the antidote and uh you know the antidote is people's favorite feeling of all of all time is this feeling of love and we thought well let's do some shows on love i mean this is the positive mind we want to take on serious topics <laughs> so you know um it's hard to talk about loneliness this is a downer topic but we hope it wasn't downer for you. We, this is a reality, and this is what it's like to have a mind and, and a self and a, a being, and that, yes, we are social animals, and, and we can feel lonely and talk about it and not be ashamed of it and embarrassed by it, and so we can talk about that. Well, what about talking about love? Let's talk about love. Go ahead, Nasima. Uh, love may be sometimes a little more vulnerable and shy than loneliness i don't know mm-hmm. there's something that feels a little like oh love Ooh. yeah well oh even gosh. saying the words you say as we were preparing for the show you know we talked about like saying the words i love you i mean how hard is it for you to say the words i love you to people you know i know some people who say it routinely they say it to their kids they say it to their spouse they say it to friends they just naturally say it, and yet most of us, or many of us, are like those words, you know, only cross my lips when I really, really, really mean it. Yeah. I have to really mean it. So why is there such pressure around this word, I love you? Yeah. Do you feel like you're going to be beholden forever? You know, oh, I've said it back in 2011 so i better still feel it in 2021 so if i'm gonna say it i I better be ready 10 years from now i mean is that what it is how how are you we were asking our audience how are you saying the words i love you and maybe how many times in your life have you said it yeah and when was the last time you said it yeah Remember the last time you said, I love you, 
And what's the feeling that comes from that? Was it, do you feel like it was, I love you to your parents or your mom or something? And did you really feel it when you said it? Do you feel it after? Do you feel it now? I have a friend who will often sign off by saying, I love you. Mm. And it sort of takes me aback sometimes. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. She loves me. Wow. Yeah. How sweet. Like, and means it and means it because you know you hear a lot of people say i love you and they just say it routinely like at the end of a phone call love you or i love you you know love you so there's saying it and then there's really saying it yeah right so there are different ways versions of it Mm -hmm. you know uh which is fine you know i mean you can be authentic and say quickly and i love you you know and Mm -hmm. so but the real juice the real fun the real experience of it is when you really say it and mean it and does it have to be such a heaviness because really when you feel love is are you feeling like this heaviness right they're saying i love you which can be heavy and hard difficult and then there's feeling i love you which is not hard which is a totally different thing Right? So we want to talk about love, and we're going to do some shows on love and loving um, going into the holiday season, where love is hard (laughs) because there's obligation, so much obligation around the holidays that love gets lost, right? Sometimes, you know, love becomes an obligation more than a feeling during the holidays. Yeah. And so we lose sight of it, you know. We do love out of loyalty, right? There's confusion. Is love loyalty? I'm going to grandma's for Thanksgiving because, well, I'm loyal. Do I want to go? No, I really don't want to go. Am I going to love, feel love when I go? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Hit or miss. And that's okay. But um, I might not just love it. So so we want to talk about love. And I wanted to say the first thing, Nassima, by checking the loneliness scale on our website, thepositivemindcenter.com, um, you come up like with some questions. How often do you feel you are in tune with the people around you? You know, if you're lonely, you know, you might not, you may never feel that. And so the scale was one to four, always, sometimes, rarely, never. Or how often do you feel left out? Or how often do you feel isolated from others? These were questions on the questionnaire. Well, if you're in love, if you feel love, you're none of these questions. You're, you're, you're going to get the lowest score going on the loneliness scale. So we thought, well, we should do some shows on the opposite of loneliness, which would be love. So we want to start with what is love? I mean, when people think about love and talk about love, they're, mostly they're talking about romantic love. They're talking about feeling love for a person. I mean, you can love your dog, right? Your fish tank. <laughs> you can, you can love, you can love your car, right? You love ice cream, right? But when we're talking about love, people generally mean between me and another person. And so that's kind of where we want to launch off today because that kind of love can be an antidote to loneliness. 
finding love, feeling love. So what is that? What is it like to feel in love with somebody? What do you think? My experience has been one of feeling kind of high, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. A lot of energy flowing. There's a spontaneous smile on my face. There's uh, the heart racing. Um, Mm. You know, they talk about like the flutter of the heart. Yeah. Uh, A sense of like, I think sometimes, at least for me, it's like, wow. Somebody's like seeing me. Somebody loves me. Oh my gosh! And I love this person. Like it, it's it's interesting. Yes, you can get yes, really caught yes. in like like okay, it's a feeling of like being loved, but also what is it like to love? You're asking that, and it's like, wow, it's a it's more of a flow. There's like an outflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was describing more like mm. being loved mm-hmm. and the kind of like oh my gosh. Of that, and then, and then to love another person—that sort of outflow, that kind of—to me, there's a stretch in it. Yeah, that's a good word. There's a stretch of like my self and my space and my, like I'm making room for another person. You know? Yes, it's almost like they're <laughs> you've gained 150 pounds. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like in expanded in a nice, warm, yeah, way. When I feel love for somebody. Yeah. Right? There's almost a swelling. I feel uh a swelling larger than my usual physical body. Um, And there's a connection, right? And the flow. I like the word flow. Overflow. You feel flowing towards somebody without words. There's a flowing. There's an affection. Right? And there's a connection, right? With a wordless connection. Hmm. A wordless, soft, warm, tender connection. Is that love? I, think I don't that's know. Close. I mean, that's sounds pretty close to me. But some people think love is sex. You know, I, I, how can you know? Do you want to have sex with somebody who, who you feel swollen, kind of mm. warm, yeah. kind of connected, uh, affecting for? Um, you could feel that for your your sister, you know, mm. or your cousin, or your your mother, or your parents. So you could feel that. You could feel mm-hmm. connection that way. So. Um, it is it is that love? I mean, um, what about when we throw sex in there? Because this is what people are talking about when they're talking about being in love. That sex is involved, and maybe it's not for some people. This warm, kind of expansive feeling. It's more of a sort of driven, kind of like you say, high kind of drive feeling of connection. And so I want to have sex and and feel even more connected, but I don't feel necessarily tender or warm. And so there are some people like that, right? And I think there's a lot of confusion about it. What do you mean? You know, confusing sex and sexuality for love. I mean, they call it lovemaking. So there's lovemaking and there's having sex and there's, you know, there's these different sort of layers. And I think that, that kind of physical intimacy that comes from a loving connection or a loving feeling towards someone is is very different than sex. I don't know. That's kind of. I, I hearing you talk about it, I certainly feel that way. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the loneliness scale and you ask these questions and you think being in love is totally the opposite of these questions, it's not really so sexual. Yeah. Or based in sex. What happens when a couple stops having sex? Is the love over? 
Is love stopped? No more love? I don't think so. I think there's still love there. There, Well, you know, ask any couple. People are having a lot less sex than we think they are. (laughs) You know, so, uh, but they're still in love. So it's a question, what does it feel like to be in love? And when do you feel like you're in love? I mean, yes, everybody likes the chemical mix of romantic love and when it's happening and hopefully you can make that continue to happen through life that's a a great feeling to have but is it really love and is it the only feeling of love what is what about respect is that love what are we talking about when we talk about love it is an antidote everything we do is about love because after we put food on the table and get our car and have our dwelling, what else are we looking for? Right? We want to feel connected to something. So we call it love. I love my country. I'll fight for my country. I'll go to war for my country. You know? Um, That can also feel almost like a warm, romantic love kind of feeling. You know? So... We're not talking about a superficial thing here, as we weren't when we talk about loneliness. We're talking about a significant thing. And, you know, all the movies, all the songs, everything is about love or the absence of love or the loss of love, missing love. So we want to be clear on what love is. And, you know, basically when we were talking about doing this program, we said, well, yep, it is a feeling. It's not a thought, right? If you're thinking love, then you're not in love. You're not feeling it. Love is a feeling. You know, and in psychology and mental health, you know, we often deal with thoughts. You know, we try to help the client get to feelings, but often they're presenting us with their thoughts and the thoughts they're having, the fears they're having, the worries they're having, the anger they're having. You know, so they're getting these messages in their mind and telling them who they are, what they are, and how they feel. And these are thoughts, but we want to help them get to a feeling. Because a feeling can help you feel connected and make you feel your humanity and make you feel compassion for yourself and for other people. So we want to start with saying it is a feeling. And it's a good feeling and we want to preserve it and people will fight to preserve it. Right? They'll build their whole life on it. Can you build a life on romantic love? What happens I, when the kids come? <laughs> Go ahead. I think I think a lot of movies and, you know, things like I think of Disney would make us want to believe that, that you can build a life uh-huh. on romantic love, which is kind of like the honeymoon love. And, and I know that there are, you know, like you know, and like Harry met Sally, like they have these wonderful interviews with couples all along the way that have really made their love last and how to sort of keep that. And it's like the little things like romantic love change, you know, it just changes and it needs to be flexible and to change. And I think there has to be some real level of trust, maybe a history, like a childhood that did have some, layer of safety and trust and holding and love and good caregiving um, that also lets that happen. Um, 
But it's and a, the opposite. I mean, if you don't have that kind of upbringing and love in the home, the love you're looking for might be very different than the love somebody who had that is looking for. Sure. And that was so. This is why I, I just want to be fair. Like everybody has their own notion about what love is. Uh, so you know, if you grew up in a safe environment, warm, protected, and felt a flow, let's say this outward flow back and forth with your caretakers or your siblings, you know, then you're going to look for that kind of love growing up. But if you didn't have that, you might look for a love that's exciting and daring and risky and unpredictable and, you know, and possibly painful, tumultuous, but that's love. That's love for them. And sometimes if it was that way, you shy away from it. You shy away from it and you may end up on the what do you mean you shy loneliness away? scale that, you know, it's like the that if love was painful and is painful and is maybe scary and maybe didn't happen so easily, you might just not move into it or not really know how mm. to hold it mm-hmm. or know how to find it. And yeah. I think there is like an unconscious pull, but, you know. Who knows? It's so it's such so rich. When we started to talk about this topic, I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so much we can, <laughs> you know, so many paths we can go down. Like, you know, it's love is kind of infused through our lives in so many different ways. And so, you know, like boiling it down to, you know, and talking about sort of romantic love is just one one note of love. And I think sometimes couples, like getting back to this, like, can a couple sustain romantic love? It's yes, a, they can. can. The short answer is yes. But Some people can. In the same way uh, that it was when, when we started, you know, like in the starting phases of a relationship. I don't know. You'd, you'd have to ask. Like some people say, when I still see him, my, my, my legs shake. Or, you know, mm-hmm. my knees go. Or when I see her, yeah. you know, my, my chest, I feel my heart. So, yes, it's cl- clear that... Uh, people sustain it and can sustain it. Yeah. And why not? Yeah. Who wouldn't want it? I mean, I think when couples stop having sex, it's like, you know, they want to crawl up a mountain. Like, I want to have sex. I, not just the sex. I want to have the feeling of being in love again. Mm-hmm. And we're not there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. How are we not feeling that warmth and connection that we did have when we feel that sense of love where did it go and i think you need to talk about it <laughs> you know i and s- separate it out from sex you know it doesn't mean i don't love you that we're not having sex it doesn't mean that people the sh- people sh- take shortcuts and say oh that must mean she doesn't love me anymore right. well, that must mean you know it's a shortcut it's not the truth so but you ne- you need to say I used to feel this way towards you, and I want to get it back. I think starting to talk about it's a good idea. Just to say something, to say it. Maybe it's difficult, maybe it's hard to hear, but it's a good start. I mean, I yeah, I can imagine couples come into you with and, this problem. A yeah, lot. and they generally tend to get very defensive. It's your fault. It's not mine. I, I, I haven't stopped loving you or... I'm working on loving you again. I'm trying to find my way to loving you again. So don't put it on me. It almost feels like they're putting, you know, the other person's 
let's take that off the table. Please, not you, but let's take that off the table, I say to the couple. Let's take it off the table. Neither one is guilty here. This is a feeling. You have a feeling, and you haven't got that feeling right now. And so this sales job that you're supposed to have this feeling, you know, for, for 70 years by Hollywood and the songs, you know, it's a sales job. It's a feeling. Love is a feeling. We we want to, and, you know, the body goes through changes. The body doesn't feel that swelling, warm feeling anymore. You're going to blame your body? I mean, who who's to blame? Now, yes, somebody can, your partner can do something to anger you and their behavior chronically is disappointing or frustrating. And so that's making it hard for you to get the feeling. Your body isn't getting the feeling. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the behaviors that are making it hard for you to get that feeling back. And so, you know... um, I would think some of the behaviors might be making you feel unseen, unheard, um, hurt. Taken for granted. Scared. Yeah, different things may come up, and that's going to shut down that feeling of love. It's a very delicate feeling. See, I think this is why people have a hard time saying, I love you, because they think that it's not conditional. I'm supposed to, if I say I love you, it to be unconditional. So you can do whatever you want. You can behave any way you want. I'm still going to love you. And that's just not reality. That is not possible. You're not going to have the romantic love feeling we talk about when your partner, this person that you're loving, is doing something totally different than who they were when you first met or when you felt that loving feeling. So... Love is conditional. It's not unconditional. And I think people don't say I love you because they're, they, in some way they, they've been told that love is unconditional. No, if you are hitting me, you know, or if you are showing me that you don't love me, you're coming home late or you're, you know. Yeah, not communicating. You're not communicating. You're doing all sorts of things to stay away from me or to reject me. How can I get that feeling of love for you. So, yes, I will talk to couples. What behaviors is your partner doing that is preventing you from having that feeling again? Right. And then then it gets then it gets messy. And so then we try to find out why somebody's doing XYZ, their behaviors. So, how do you get it back? I think we eventually have a discussion about what is the one thing your partner has that nobody in the world has? What is the one thing? I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what you fell in love with. There's one quality that your partner has to a certain degree that nobody else has. And that's one way to get that feeling back. Is to go back and acknowledge that one thing. Yeah. To share it maybe with that person or at least just share it with yourself. Just remember it for yourself so that maybe that might be the well, pathway I like, I like, to the opening. I like the couple say it to each other. Yeah. The one thing, you know, the one thing I always. And isn't it amazing? I think you really do forget that. You forget that thing. 
that one, that connection, that point. Yes, because the thing about this romantic love is that it happens unconsciously. It's happening and you don't even know it's happening. And so you don't even name or identify. You just know you're in this presence of this quality. And you're feeling the expansion and the flow and the swelling feeling that you, you don't you don't want to take the time to name it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make it conscious. So, yes, when when a couple is fighting, we find out the behaviors and then we find out the one thing. We make it conscious. So you go from this unconscious love to a conscious love. And then, and then, you know, it becomes a mix. I can have the feeling of love and then I also have respect. You know, I really genuinely respect this person. No matter, even, even when they behave, you know, behave in ways I don't like and they are discarding me or, you know, I don't in those moments love this person, but I have an abiding respect for this person. And this this sounds to me like a really healthy kind of boundary exercise. It's like they're allowed if I respect my partner enough, you're allowed to have your feelings. You're allowed to be who you are. And I can also have my space too. My experience of you, my you know, my feelings about you, but there's a certain quality of respect for your partner's world, let's say. Right. You know? The world they came from, the world they're operating in, there's yes. my world. And then there are times when, you know, it connects, we come together, we're, you know, we are in love with each other in that love connected space. Yes. But also a quality of respect for, yeah, they're going through a hard time or they're, you know, they're they're just going through a hard time and they may not be able to love me in the way I need. And can I hold some love for them through that? So we call that the pause. Can I can I pause my disappointment, my frustration, and be aware of my respect for the world that this person is living in? So with that, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to The Positive Mind. I'm Kevo Donahue. And I'm Nasima Diane Deemer. And we'll be right back. You must remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers woo they still say I love you All that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Are never out of date Hearts full of passion, jealousy, and hate. Woman needs man, and man must have his mate that no one can deny. 
it's still the same old story I'll fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Moonlight and love songs are never out of date Hearts full of passion, jealousy, and hate. Woman needs man, and man must have its mate that no one can deny. It's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. The fundamental things apply. As time goes by. Right? I mean, we love. Because what else is there to do? What else is there to do with us, with our humanity as human beings? To make money? To fight wars? What else is there to do? The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. It's very fundamental. I love that song, uh, the message of the movie, um, right? That yeah. this love lasted, and he says, "Don't play that song." I told you never to play that song again. The connection to her through the years—that was a love, and it was also pretty painful. I mean, that's the, the loss thing. of her. Yeah, that it's 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 a courageous thing to do. To love someone on some level, you know, to to move into a relationship. You never know what's going to happen. You just don't. And I think a lot of people avoid love because, you know, what am I going to do if I lose them? Well, that's a really, really good point. I mean, do bachelors and bachelorettes give up on love? I mean, at what age do you give up? You say, I'm not going to bother with that. I mean, I just, I've gotten used to being by myself. And um, there's too much heartache, too much uncertainty, too much tumultuous unpredictability. And, um, hey, maybe I'm not even capable of being, like, the same from one day to the next. So maybe I I don't – love isn't for me. Sure. Sure. You can do that. People do that. Of course. Right. So I, I agree with you. It can be a very courageous – it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And interesting how nature sort of designs us. You know, it's the romantic love, the sexual love that draws us together. Um, it's these bodies that we're in that draws us together. And some people override that and say, well, I'll just have sex, but I'm not going to have love. Right. So love... 
is a feeling, and you're lucky to have it. You're fortunate to have it. And people want to hang on to it. And they feel guilty and terrible when it's gone. And that's a pretty sure way of it not coming back. So I'm wondering if you can transfer that feeling of love for this other person when it's not there. You know what the feeling is like. But it's not there with the person I love. But I love that feeling so much. Can I transfer that to someplace else in my life? And I don't mean romantically, like going and looking for another partner, changing. I mean taking this feeling that I have for another being and knowing how it feels like it gets me out of myself. Doesn't isn't that what really the good loving is? It's like I'm 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 giving up this burden of my own ego, of this loneliness of my own self with myself all the time. Now I get I'm I get this chance to love somebody. I feel love. I'm out of myself. It feels so good. So you have that feeling. You know what that feeling's like. Can you transfer that feeling to every other aspect of your life? Okay, so it's not there with this person right now. And, you know, it, it'll come back. It can come back, that feeling. But maybe won't be there seven days a week, three days a week. You know, respect mm-hmm. might be there for my partner all the time. This feeling of love might not. Can I take that feeling and have that everywhere else in my life? So, yeah, you know, I think it's a kind of tenderness. Can I have a tenderness to other areas of my life? So you're kind of saying, like, if if I'm not feeling it particularly to my partner at the moment, or if, you know, I've kind of lost it somewhere. Maybe if I turn towards other things and remember that feeling with other things, it'll come back to that partner? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not saying no. But, I mean, I would think that if you are, let's say you're taking it to your job. Mm-hmm. You take it and you say, I'm going to love my work. I'm just, I, I know what love is like. I know the feeling. I'm going to find the way to love the work that I do. I don't want to be Pollyanna about this. I want to be realistic. But why not? Why can't I take that to the work that I do, right. to my daily life? Why? Why couldn't I? So so in a way, it's like here is that feeling of love. And I like to say it's like it's your feeling. You're, you're feeling love. So it's your love. Yes. In a way. Yes. Whether it's towards someone or something else, it's like to sort of own like, oh, I know what it is to sort of feel my heart be open and flowing and, and you know, just open is like a good word. Yes. Like when I feel yes. love, I feel open and receptive and and excited about something. So maybe I can turn that if I don't have a, a partner at the time, I'll turn it towards my work. Yes. The, the people I'm with or my friends or... Yeah, to not get so narrowly focused on just one person. I think that's definitely a mental health technique. Yes. To be like, let's spread this out a little so it's Mm. not all riding just on this one person loving me. Right. Because that's a huge burden. Right. Because, you know, you're bringing up this point. (laughs) I mean, 
trying to be clear here, it might not be the person that you're in love with. It's the feeling that I get when I'm with this person. It's the feeling that this person brings out in me mm-hmm. that I'm in love with. And so can I get that feeling from other things? Can I get it from taking a walk out in nature? The feeling, let nature speak to me. Right? Yeah. Let let plants and trees speak to me. Let my work speak to me. Let my drive into work speak to me. How many things can I let speak to me? You know, so I think it's like we can get this feeling in other places. We can transfer it to other places because the feeling is inside of you. It's not in the other person. So what if what if you lived your life that way? And some people do. Like I say, I, I have this friend who has family and three kids and they're saying I love you all day long and they mean it and they touch each other's face and give quick hugs and you know and it's not like a a rapid I love you no it's oh hi I love you it's really affectionate it's got it's got a connection and an ease it sounds like an ease yeah and I feel like we do, like I said in the beginning, like, why is it, why can it be so hard to say I love you? Like, what does that mean to some people? Or, you know, or I love to do this, or I love to do that. Like, oh, sometimes that can be so rigid. It can be so hard. And like you said, like, they can be clipped. Like, I love you. Like, it comes out almost like a, yes. like a, like a dagger. It's almost know? like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to admit to how much I don't love you. So I will say I love you quickly. No, I mean, yeah. let's think about this for a second. I mean, people can feel obligated to say I love you and they'll say it and then they might say it so quickly it's because they don't want to stop to recognize maybe I don't really love you. Right. And what am I supposed to say? And so I just am loyal to the idea of loving you. Right. And, you know, so siblings do this all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Right. Maybe. And when was the last time you had the feeling, the feeling of love for your sibling? I had a woman today who's talking to me, and a client, and hadn't seen her sister for six months, and she said, uh, she started crying. She said, "I, I realized I missed my sister. I was so angry at her, I couldn't acknowledge that I missed her. And I told her, you know, and so they had to cry together. You know, and there they were. They, it was an authentic I love you then. But for six months, she's been so angry. <laughs> um, and maybe that's what happens with siblings and families. Uh, and so you're loyal to the idea of loving you. And I'll say I love you, but I'm still so angry at you. And I can't really feel it. And I think there can be a real depth of love that can hold that too. That can hold... I'm angry at you. I'm I'm having a dispute with you. I can't. But underneath, there was like, they had something that was greater than their anger. They had their love for each other. Yes. And that was, and that was something she could drop into mm-hmm. and be like, wait a minute, maybe our anger isn't. And couples do that. Couples can drop into that. It's wonderful when you see that work together. In mid-sentence can reconnect to, oh, 
I forgot that I do love you. I do feel that love for you. And I think that's what I've learned about, especially this Imago work that you do and that I've dabbled in, is that sometimes that anger and frustration and those things that you feel, that those discomforts with your partners, with your friends, oh, it's really something else. It's not really the other person. It's something I've projected on them or it's something that they triggered in me, an old story. Mm -hmm. And if there's enough love there, you can work out some really deep healing. If you can remember that love and that love can hold you in that place of where that wound happened and where that that fear happened or that trauma and some really amazing healing can happen. And that's where, again, like like love, I feel like love is like the the dark matter of the universe. You know, what is this this dark matter? I've been watching Nova lately and they don't know what it is, but I kind of feel like that's like love. It's like it's the the background of everything. It's what's holding everything together somehow. Right. And like all these stars and explosions can happen, but there's like dark matter holding it together. And that's if we can drop into that, you know, that space of like mm, underneath all this chaos of our relationship. There's love. Yes. It's there. So you can uh, commit to the dark matter. You can commit to a life of making this present all the time. And that this, the loss of this, or the absence of this, you can take to your partner and demand that we have to work to get this back. This is here. We have to find it. Yeah, fight for it. And commit to that. Then you have a whole new relationship. So you've gone through the romantic phase. You've gone through the the chemical phase. And now you've gone to a deeper understanding of what love could be good for. And how your life could be good. Loving your partner, but then loving... all dark matter. It's all here. It's all around. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get too woo woo here. Yeah. But um, it, it, the song says that the fundamental things apply. Yeah. Um, and you know it's kind of a timeless song because it is real. A feeling is real. I'm having a real feeling. And yes, I want this feeling as much as I can. And yes, the stress can stress can take it away. The grind of daily living can take it away. But I can commit to making myself feel this or creating opportunities where the feeling can come. And then it will. And then it will. If you do not commit, if you do not make a conscious choice to do it, then, you know, the body will... Maybe not create it. Yeah, well, you know, and all kinds of different things can come in the way, you know, when when you're not actively doing it. I, I'm kind of reflecting on, like, having, I have a small dog, and she's a challenge at times. And especially when she was a puppy, and I can imagine parents feel this too. When their children are small, they are really, it's really hard to love them sometimes because they can really push your buttons and, you know, they're not doing what you want them to do. And you wonder like, what kind of parent am I? I'm not, I'm not loving my child. You know, it's like, I want to, 
you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, let's say. Right. You know, it's like it can be such a strong feeling. And then, uh, but no, I love this little being, even though they are turning my life upside down. And that's the stretch I talk about a little bit. Like there's, you can have this stretch and this commitment to, oh. Well, when do you feel moments of love for the dog? I mean, a lot of maintaining a dog is work. So are there moments when loving the dog just drops in? You just like. Absolutely. Any particular time of day? A look, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, when she comes up and curls up next to me in bed. Yeah, just an extending, like I extend my heart out and it's like, and she's so present and she's there and, and there's just this love and the love is what sustains you in doing the work. Hmm. Right. I think parents will say that too, but I do want to acknowledge and, you know, say it's rife. It's a, it's such a topic because it is rife with so much pain and so much confusion and so much you know, so, what, so many things are done in the name of love that don't feel like love. Yes. And it's right. tricky. It's tricky. And I just want to give a shout out to people who really, do, you know, maybe haven't had that feeling. It's possible. Never um, had the feeling of love. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe, it's yeah. Mm, I wonder. It's just so confused. It's right. so hard you know or maybe they're in a place right now where they're just not feeling it and i i get it i get it so we started by saying that love is a feeling and that feelings come and go Mm -hmm. right and when the feeling of love goes people feel guilty or bad about that and i think that that's the common experience that we don't talk about love so much, but we talk about the absence of love more. And we grind down and we obsess and perseverate about the absence because I once felt so good and I want to get back to that. So to not be in love is more common than to be in love. You know, it's so nice to see a couple in love, to see people in love. Right, so there's the being in love, then there's the seeing others in love, and then there's the not feeling the love myself. Being in love, seeing others in love, and then the not being in love myself, or the not feeling the love myself. And I think, you know, this ordeal that the world has gone through in the last two years, that, you know, loneliness is... Replaced love. Loneliness has replaced the feeling of love. We're going to get back to it. It's certainly going to come through again, maybe even more. It, loneliness is like a forgetting of love in a way. Yeah. Maybe it does start with finding something that inspires you. Because I do feel like, like love is an inspiration. It's a process of inspiration in a way. Like someone inspires your love. Something inspires your love. I feel like my dog inspires my love. Like, it just comes out. And do you transfer that love in other places? Yeah, absolutely. So you get your dose of love from the dog, watching the dog, seeing the dog, feeling your love for the dog, and then you can take it to other places. How often do you feel there is no one you can turn to? This is question number three on the loneliness scale. 
how often do you feel there is no one you can turn to? You see, I would like people to print out the loneliness questionnaire that we have on the website, look at that, and then look at the opportunity and the possibility to have love in your life. So the website is tffpp.org, the foundation for positive psychology.org. And to take the questionnaire and to go back and forth. What does love feel like? Does love feel like? How often do you feel there is no one I can turn to? There's no one I can turn to. Why is that? What have I done to myself that I don't have that? When did I have that? That I had somebody I could turn to? And can I turn to somebody again? How often do I feel alone? How often do I feel that I'm not close to anyone? That no one knows me? How often do you feel that? How often do you feel your interests and ideas are not shared by those around you? You see? You see how love is the opposite of this? The feeling of love is the opposite of this? Why wouldn't you want to go out and get it? And you can go out and get it, right? Can't you go out and get it? Of course you can go out and get it. Of course you can go out and get it. You can find it. It feels like these are they're they're describing all acts of love, really. <laughs> Say more. I... Being able to turn to someone else, having someone to turn to, turning you know, sharing, you know, what's going on with you, that's an act of love. It's like a straight up, you know what was what was so another do one the do there? the do the practices. How often do you feel you can turn to someone? How often do you feel your interests are shared by those around you? Do you have interests? That's a, that's a starting point. Do Absolutely. you have interests? If you have an interest, then you have an opportunity for love, to love, to have a feeling for it for some. Because if I have an interest, then somebody else has that interest. This is why people who share things in common are the ones that most often feel in love with each other. Like they have this feeling of love. We share interests. We share things in common. We share experiences in common. And the friend I spoke of before, I mean, I've known her since I'm 12. So we've, we've shared some pretty amazing experiences in our lives. And that I know, when she says I love you, and I say I love you back to her, it's like, yeah, there's no doubt. We've been through so much. There's so much we've shared. And I know I can turn to her and she knows I can turn to she can turn to me. Maybe friendship is a way to love, stay in love. To have that feeling of love. Staying friends. That's something we're going to revisit. Let's revisit friendship in our next show about love. But, you know, Nasima, before we close, we have about five minutes. I wanted to connect this week's show to last week's show. And last week's show, we talked about how to get free. You know, how to live a free life. You know, and so much of who we are is based on where we came from and our upbringing, our experiences in childhood and You know, it's hard to carve out a unique and distinct self for yourself. And one of the exercises we did is, is who am I not? It's so hard to find out who you are, right? If you can, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And the exercise we did last week was, who am I not? What am I, how, what am I doing in my life that is really not me? And maybe I can stop doing that. I won't do that anymore. And I made the thought, like, what is love? What is not love? We don't, you know, every, I, we started this show, like, 
what is love? Well, love is a feeling. There's definitely, it's not a thought. And like we say in mental health, you know, we deal mostly with thoughts, people's thoughts about who they are, what they think they should be, what they're not, etc. Not very much on feeling, but love is a feeling. And so, you know, love is whatever the person who's having it feels it. So love is kind of like chaotic. Everybody has their own feeling about this. Everybody has their own separate feeling about what love is. And so we can't really say what it is. I think we can say largely what it's not. You know, love is not hate. Love is, you know, but love has anger in it, doesn't it? Like, I, you know, I need a little, I need a range of feelings with a person that I love. I can't just be loving all the time. Love doesn't, the feeling of love doesn't stay if I just stay in this one feeling. I have to have the full range of human feelings. So love is not necessarily not anger. You can have anger. Love isn't necessarily always honest, right? You can say, well, you look great and might not feel it, but say, I, you know, you look great just in order to make the person feel okay. So it's not always honest. How about jealous? You know, is, is love never jealous? No, I think love is always jealous, right? I mean, if I have this feeling of love for you and you're interested in somebody else, I'm going to feel jealous because I don't want this feeling I have for you of love to go away. And that other person is a threat. So I am jealous that you are not as interested as you once were. So is love not jealous? Love is jealous. Of course it's jealous. But I thought, more than anything, love is not guilt. So when it's not there, if I'm feeling guilty, it's not love. Love is not guilt. You do not have love and guilt go together. You should not have guilt about not being in love or not having that feeling of love. You shouldn't, you know, there are some things you want to tell people not to do. Do not guilt yourself for not having love or for the love being gone. And love is not loyalty. Yes, loyalty is wonderful, but that's not love. You know, you might be loyal out of love because of love, but that's not the same thing. Love is a feeling. Loyalty is a commitment. So what else could love not be? Love is not static. It's a dynamic force. Is that, do you yeah, think? Yeah, and I feel like love isn't narrow. Love is wide. I love, like that. Love can sort of hold all things. And, you know, if we use that that analogy of dark matter, it's like it's the field through which everything lives and moves. So all the emotions can be held with love mm-hmm. on some level. And I think compassion can be that too. They call it, you know, tough love. To really be fighting for someone you know, in a way that may sound really harsh, but it do kind of moves to that point of, I love you and I'm not going to let you do this to yourself. The vows that many people take is through, through thick and thin. You know, we're going to be there. Our love will abide. Our love will hold 
all but the trials and tribulations. And we're trying to life. say that that's not true, though. I mean, right? You can make that vow at at twenty one or twenty five and thirty, like forever, and that's not true. We're not saying we're saying that that's not true. It can be, but it can it, be. It can be. <laughs> okay. Yes, it can be. It through can be. through our whole discussion of this hour, I think what we're saying is, of course, it can be. Of course, you can renew and you know recreate your love, because once you've had the feeling, you know what the feeling is, you can recreate it. So you've been listening to the Positive Mind. I'm Kevin O'Donoghue, licensed mental health counselor, and I'm Nasima Diane Deemer. And as always, we'd like to thank our community radio stations for bringing the Positive Mind to their listeners on a weekly basis. KACR, KAOS, KPEJ, KFOI, KXCR, KYGT, WBDY, WRWK, and WFMP, our newest station in Louisville, Kentucky. I'd also like to thank Connie Shannon, our producer, and Jeff Brady, our engineer. You can always find us at tffpp.org with questions, comments, and suggestions for the show. And check out the Loneliness Scale on our website, tffpp.org. See you next time, folks. Bye-bye.